These may be challenging times, but have hope and listen to the untold health stories about incredible people who have committed their lives to better their communities. Diverse health activists, direct medical providers, community organizers that are helping our communities to get healthier and stronger. Stories of local heroes during the pandemic and even before that proves over and over again that people can come together during times of need and make the world a better place. Stories you would never hear of, except at Healthcare Untold. Hello, mi gente. Welcome to Healthcare Untold. Today, we are joined by our three co-hosts, myself, Jasmine Najera, Barbara Garcia, and Gerardo Sandoval. And this is our 100th Healthcare Untold podcast. Woo! <laughs> Don't we have something on that uh, machine there? <laughs> we need some little sound effects to give us. <laughs> so, uh, Barbara and Gerardo, I'm so grateful to be here with you. And of course, the two of you are like the OGs of our podcast, being here for over almost two years now. Where are we at? Uh, with we're our at audience? two years. Yeah, yeah we're a little over, over two years. Yeah, now, yeah. over two years. Mm-hmm. I think we started in uh, the beginning of March. Mm-hmm. Wow. So right at the beginning of the podcast, uh, sorry, of the pandemic, we started this series or the, we started this podcast right at the beginning of the pandemic. Barbara and Gerardo, what do you, I mean, since you guys have been here since the very beginning and now mm-hmm. looking back a hundred episodes, what do you think? Well, I'm not surprised yeah. because, you know, over the our years of working in the community, the most incredible, wonderful community leaders and community advocates um, you know, I really wanted to capture their voices. And I'm not surprised. We haven't even got to the bottom of our list of all the people in our communities across the country who are doing such incredible work, even pre-pandemic. Uh, and so it's been such an honor, particularly during the pandemic, to really uh, touch these individuals in our podcast and just get a capture a half hour of their lives as they've, uh, you know, really contributed to the health and the welfare of our communities. Um, and uh, so I'm just looking for the next hundred because, uh, you know, we're just at the top of that mountain. And well, uh, I'm so proud of everybody and their work. And it's like there's so many untold voices and stories out there. And so for our community and our our listeners as well, if you all have folks that you think should really be highlighted and their stories should be told and it's in line with our work, let us know. I mean, obviously, there's so many people out there doing such amazing work. And if we have the opportunity to uplift those voices and share the work, we really want to spread the good the good word. Gerardo, what do you think? I mean, you've been kind of the background guy in this, the, yeah. on the other end of foundation. things. The foundation yeah. of our work. <laughs> you know, when Barb reached out to me, uh, the first thing that impacted me was the name, Healthcare Untold. I was like, wow, what a wonderful name. And again, you're right, Barb, reaching out to the community, you know, it, it, and it is why we ended up with Jasmine being part of our team. You know, we were thinking about our community and lifting those voices. I really appreciate that. And I really appreciated that expression. We started pre-pandemic with the idea and our first episode was launched right at the same time as our country, as the world was understanding COVID, was accepting COVID. And that's when we started. We started right at that moment. And so historically, we are part of that initial movement because 
we also started with the first ever episode informing people about COVID with Dr. Hernandez. That's right, Dr. Senator Hernandez, the CEO of the California Health Foundation. And she's continued with us throughout the pandemic, giving updates and kind of giving that Latino perspective since we were so impacted um, by the pandemic. And so it was great to have her as a co-host with me on those episodes. And, and she will continue with us. Um, I keep saying, hey, one day we'll have to get to something else. But, you know, COVID has been in the, you know, in the midst of our community's needs and understanding. So she's done a great job. And I want to really thank her particularly for her uh, continuation with us. Absolutely. There's been so many people that have done so much work over um, the last couple of years addressing the effects of COVID in our communities. And, you know, that was one of the reasons why I really wanted to um, kind of highlight some of the local Watsonville, California leaders, because that's where, you know, I think our roots all started together here in Watson. And Watson is always, the people here and the leaders here are always doing really amazing work for some of our most underrepresented folks in our community, you know? I remember when, uh, Barbara, when you reached out to me to ask me if I would be interested in being interviewed. And at that time, <clears throat> I think that I was had just transitioned out of my adult experience with county behavioral health and was settling into the children's experience and was having a very different um, perspective than what I had been used to, you know? And I remember still feeling like, you know, when you, when you work for the county, you feel like, oh, can I say that? Can I not mm -hmm. say that? I always like, you know, working for a county organization for over 20 years, I felt very, now in retrospect, I feel very freed and I could say whatever I want, you know? Um, but it was all, but it feels very uh, different to now be outside of that bubble and have that perspective and looking back. And, um, and just now being able to like, see the impact of working within systems on, uh, you know, leaders, social workers, staff during this time of COVID. And, but then really looking to see who really came through to help the community, you know, and with county systems, there's so much bureaucracy. And of course they showed up and did what, what they could do, right? But the community did it without the barriers. They just came together and made sure that the needs of the community were met and happened. And, um, and we continue to meet and it's really build an amazing, strong collaborative of um, women and people of color really leading our county into a new and different way of collaborating and working together. And I've been really excited to kind of witness that with some of the interviews of the Watkinville leaders. Yeah, you know, Jasmine, that's such an important point. And one of the things that I found as we, um, as I did more interviews, this was happening, the same thing that happened in Watson was happening all over. San Francisco is a great example uh, of that and uh, other locations throughout the country, Philadelphia. Um, and it was just incredible how, you know, Latino organizations just quickly pivoted. There was like no question to what they were gonna do. And this whole interaction between government and community, where those governments and county health departments were already engaged with health communities, it was a much easier pivot for them. And it was more difficult. And in fact, the county had, the communities had to hold government and continue even in those good areas where they had that good uh, communication, they still were needing to keep uh, our community uh, government systems accountable uh, to the community. And uh, I'm really proud of all these community organizations who have been done out throughout the country. It saved lives, it has definitely saved lives. 
Absolutely. And that's the name of the coalition here in Watsonville, Save Lives. Nice. You know, I wanted to ask you guys, not a, not you know not a not to be particular, but of all the episodes, which one's your favorite, or which one sticks out or stands out? I absolutely know, but I'd love to hear from Barbara first. Well, Dr. Kenneth Hardy was really great. Um, and looking at the issues of uh, race and uh, equity. Um, so our equity series, I think, was a really important one. Um, so I do think that he stood out for me. Uh, one of the great episodes for me was uh, with Lupe Salazar from Varios Unidos in Chimayo, New Mexico. And, you know, in New Mexico, um, in comparison to some of the community uh, organizations in other counties and cities, they don't have the kind of support that other states give to their nonprofits. So here's a really small organization that really uh, is driven by a mom who had a son um, who actually became addicted in prison, um, in jail, in the local jail. Um, and she just took that passion of trying to take care of her son and trying to save his life and really created an incredible organization and really grassroots. And during the pandemic, she really did a fantastic job of trying to provide for the basic necessities. And I think that's something that we saw throughout these um, this pandemic series that we've done is just the whole issue of you know food security and housing support those basic uh, determinants of health and how important they were in um, during the pandemic of these organizations providing that essential support mm -hmm. yes what stands out for you well you know um so i listen to every episode you know, um, I'm literally the background, like you said earlier, you know, so I'm listening to every episode and a lot of them really did impact me. A lot of them really did listening to the stories and understanding um, the different sectors of our existence and how that is impacting our health. And one in particular, I understood as being very important because it dealt with culture and cultural health and how we accept, you know, our, our ancestry. And I'm talking about um, the episode with Juan Pablo Gutierrez, uh, Juan Pablo Gutierrez Sanchez, and the importance of curating an ongoing event in San Francisco that he brought to San Francisco via his migration from, I believe it was Texas, and then into California, and honoring our dead via Dia de Muertos in San Francisco, a really huge celebration on his 50th year, I believe, right? 40th. Um, 40th. 40th, 40th mm -hmm. year. And it's just amazing. And why it impacted me is because he was really strong about us understanding that culture is health. And if we accept our culture, if we understand our culture, then we can become healthier too. And once that triggered something in me and I realized health isn't just medical and health isn't just being administered to us 
health is given to us by our own people and how it is bestowed upon this. And I think that's why uh, that impacted me and understanding the importance of healthcare and told and reaching out to all these community members, all these community members in the different areas, uh, starting with Watsonville and their story and how they impact our communities and how important that is. Yeah, may he rest in peace, Juan Pablo. Uh, He recently passed away. Um, But one of the things that really impacted me with that and his work, Mm -hmm. his saying of um, we don't sell our dead was so important because, you know, many of the Dia de los Muertos, Cinco de Mayo, it's all around alcohol and alcohol sales. And that is not what he focused on because he was not going to sell our dead. And, um, you know, just really honor him for his work and also for his podcast with us. Yes. We have seen a lot of people that we've known in our communities who have passed on, you know, that have been really important leaders. And and um, I think it's just a new era as well. I mean, or maybe it's just us getting older. <laughs> but there's just, you know, a lot more death around us. And um, I think that that's also why it's so important to document people's stories so that we can keep those so that they can live on even when they're gone. And these are their own stories. These are, in a way, their own oral histories, right? Telling their piece of their story in a public forum that's going to live on. So even though folks may have not written books, you know, we got a little piece of their own story here that we're going to be able to save forever and people can continue to come back and listen to. Yeah, you know, in our lifetime, uh, Jasmine, we've and Gerardo, we uh, have had to face a couple pandemics, right? This COVID pandemic, but prior to that, it was the HIV and AIDS pandemic. And, you know, some of our long-term survivors like Juan Pablo, Mm -hmm. uh, Arturo Olivas was another um, that we um, interviewed. Uh, And so it is interesting Mm -hmm. and, you know, challenging to have, uh, you know, many of our leaders being impacted by pandemics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, um, you know, not that we interviewed her, but with my tia Alicia, you know, there's a lot of folks that that I know that have given their careers and then retired and then passed away, right? Yeah. And um, a lot of folks have been taken by cancer as well. I think that that's another really, uh, you know, that's taken a lot of lives. Um, and I think that we still have opportunity to tell those stories if we haven't been able to tell, you know, get Absolutely. folks on here and, and tell their own stories. I think that this is another avenue for us to honor folks. Um, for me, one of my like my all time favorites, and I think that you both know this because of the impact that it's had. But when we did our um, mentorship growing our own episode 71 and it was the three of us that started it out and then we had Monica Morales come on. And, you know, she, the four of us is where we all, you know, we all started together um, way back in the day around, what was that? I would say like 94-ish. Yeah. Ish. Um, And, you know, for those of, uh, for those of you that may have uh, heard that episode, and then um, I think two episodes later, episode 70, we interviewed just Monica Morales. And at that time, she was the deputy director of, of the public health department in, um, in Sacramento. And uh, somebody reached out and asked if, if, uh, if 
Monica would ever be interested in coming back down to, to work in Santa Cruz. And that was one of our listeners, Mimi Hall. And there's just, uh, it's pretty beautiful to sit here and look at seven months later from when we had that initial interview with Monica and where we talked about the importance of mentorship and she was still up in Sacramento to now seven months later, she has replaced Mimi Hall as our health director for the County of Santa Cruz. And the significance (laughs) of this is just so important to all of us. And the fact that one of our mentees, somebody that we knew and have worked with since she was 14, is now leading our uh, health agency in our county is just so inspiring and heartwarming. And of course, because Monica is just super direct and she handles it, right? (laughs) Well, how lucky is Santa Cruz County? Absolutely. Monica Modales as their health director. Yeah, having somebody who's raised here and has this uh, viewpoint perspective is going to bring us a lot more opportunity. So it's been really great. And the number of people she'll mentor along the way and has mentored along the way, right? Yeah, that's so beautiful. Yeah, Jazz, we we that's a good one to mark for, you know. That made an impact. (laughs) That made an impact, right? Uplifting somebody's voice. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I think is important to think about is that I know that when I started podcasting was an important social media, I felt, for us to be able to break into. And, you know, as I was watching the pandemic happen on TV, I never saw us. I never saw brown people. I never saw Latinos um, leading any kind of conversations, even though we were one of the most impacted communities. And I just was I was so mad about that. Um, and I think um, having our podcast and many other podcasters in our community um, uh, and many more Latino podcasters, I think that's just so important for our future in uh, social media and communications. And, you know, I think just to highlight the um, kind of the breakthrough of breaking through, you know, a very um, restricted and almost uh, a white system of communication. Mm-hmm. It, all, it always surprises me too, when because we don't know who's actually listening to us or not, right? It's not like we can track and be like, oh, <laughs> you know, Monica, listen to this episode. Or, yeah. you know, we, we really don't have that clear of an idea. We know how many downloads there are, but it's always so amazing. And this just happened a couple of weeks ago where somebody mm. was just like, oh, I've been following along and listening. And I'm like, what? And they're like, listen, look at, and he like whips out the phone and there's, you know, healthcare and toll. And he's like, it's so inspiring. And I've been listening to so many different folks. And, you know, it's always nice to hear about when people listen to us because we, <laughs> we don't always know who's tuning in. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you think about tuning in, you know, we're, We've powered through two years and have entered our third year. And in line with the pandemic, which is really interesting in itself, but uh, being able to create and to produce and to uh, publish these stories uh, during the pandemic and to have the support, especially in, in those communities we have reached out to, has been really important. We're reaching over 10,000 uh, podcast uh, within two years. And, uh, you know, thanks very much in part to all of us and our community and our community members who have and continue to support us. Um, so one other thing I thought to ask you guys is what 
do you feel the future of a podcast looks like for health and those untold stories? Well, I think it's a real important question, Gerardo, and I think one that, you know, we're not out of this pandemic and, you know, it's taken a lot of the focus for our communities. And so that whole recovery, I say that lightly, mm -hmm. um, because I do think that the pandemic has uh, highlighted the weaknesses of our systems of care right. for our communities and has uh, really highlighted uh, the incredible work that community-based organizations um, have taken on and have accomplished. Um, the whole issue of food security, mm -hmm. where I really believe that this pandemic and the work that everybody's done um, has really um, helped uh, communities uh, uh, um, with their hunger issues. Um, I worry about the fact that, oh, now this pandemic, and you know, it's interesting how people are saying, oh, this pandemic is over. Now we have to take back the funding. And, you know, I just think it's so important uh, for that. You know, I have a nephew who works in the schools and he just talks about how the food that they provide mm -hmm. in schools, even pre-pandemic, is probably one of the most nutritious meals yeah. that students get. And so I I my hope is that our communities will continue to be able to get the funding and support that they need to continue their incredible work in supporting our communities uh, in a healthy manner. I think also that through the pandemic and through the um, the multiple uh, killings, uh, George Floyd, mm -hmm. you know, that there's been... Um, an opportunity to uplift and talk about race and racism and justice in our country in a way that wasn't as uh, maybe okay, you know? And so I also think that there's an opportunity for us to continue to help uplift those voices and really continue to shine the light on, um, you know, people's experiences out there and, and how people have been impacted not only by the pandemic, but then what have the, you know, structural systems that have been in place that have already kept people from resources, right? And so we're trying to like break down those barriers and then add on resources and systems that are already just very um, complex. And so <clears throat> I believe that now's the time for us to continue to talk about things that um, can be hard to talk about and to uplift those voices and stories that um, have not traditionally been heard in mainstream. And that we continue to push the envelope and we continue to push what our communities need and that we don't get go back to how it was, right? But that we continue to work towards a newer and better um, community for us all to thrive in. And I strongly believe that when those that are the most impacted are focused on and supported the most, then everybody else will do okay, right? And so from my little perspective here in Santa Cruz County, then it, I'm always like, let's focus on Watsonville. And if we make Watsonville healthy and thriving and doing well, everybody else will as well. So we have laughed, we have cried, tears of joy, we've had excitement, many episodes here, a hundred episodes later, we're telling 
the stories of our community, our community member, our community health. I want to thank you guys for allowing me to be part of this. Um, I see it as a venture, so much as an adventure. And um, I really appreciate the history that we're telling and being able to produce and tell the stories and have those stories told those stories told via this podcast. So thank you guys. Well, are you kidding, Gerardo? Um, the technical skills that you brought uh, to the podcast, um, you know, you, people may not hear you, uh, but they do hear your work. Um, <laughs> so it's been just a great honor uh, to work with you and to, to learn, you know, you've taught me so much about uh, some of the technical issues of editing and, you know, doing podcasting and how we should push out on our social media. And so, you know, I've learned so much from you. I mean, I had the stories mm -hmm. and you had the ability to help me tell those stories with Jasmine. And, um, and, you know, it's just been so great to, you know, connect with both of you again and to do this whole thing. And we're not over. We have so many stories to tell. Um, and so thank you, Gerardo, for bringing those skills to, to our podcast. I feel so blessed that you guys asked me to join in the partnership and kind of collaborate. And at first I was like really afraid because I don't, you know, I don't think anybody loves their voice on <laughs> how their voice sounds once it's recorded, right? Right. But I just want to thank you both because it's definitely given me much more confidence and um, and it's been a really amazing experience to be able to just, um, you know, reach out to individual people and be like, hey, we want to hear your story, you know, and people are like, me, really? You know? mm -hmm. And um, it's definitely given me a lot of um, confidence to move towards what really matters for me in my life as well. And I believe that, you know, you all have been a part of really big decisions that I've made over the last couple of years, and I probably wouldn't have been able to do it without you. So oh. you all are familia, so I love you so much. And I, I so appreciate this. You're so smart and so energetic about the work and, you know, committed. It's, it's uh, you know, you're a natural leader and uh, and you're going to show that as you go forth in Santa Cruz County in terms of building a new hospital and not letting the hospital go away. And, you know, Jasmine has just been appointed to a, a health district in, in Santa Cruz County that's responsible for um, trying to continue a hospital system in a community that's so in great need of. Um, so thank you, Jasmine, for taking that on. That's a big, you and Monica are going to have a lot of um, lifts to make, but yeah. you have a great support system uh, throughout the county and the state with John yeah. Laird, you know, uh, our senator there. Um, so that's going to be a really important story to tell at some point. So yeah. To hear will. from you about that. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, nothing that we do is without us, right? I mean, you all mentor and support me. I mentor and support others. Others mm -hmm. mentor and support you. you know, I mean, it's like this yeah. full circle of support and mentorship. And it's like, I'm not here because I've, yes, I'm smart and, and I, I've done all that, but I don't want to underestimate the power of mentorship and um, investing in those that we believe who have potential and the fact that you did that for me, Barbara, when I was so young, I mean, that really has, you know, that's why I'm here. You know, it's not the only reason, but you mm -hmm. have definitely contributed. And just like these lifelong friendships that we've had, 
not everybody gets that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm incredibly lucky grateful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how lucky we are. Thank you, Jasmine. And you know, when you think about all these voices that we've heard, if you just take our hundred mm-hmm. episodes, do you know that that's worth 2,000 to 3,000 years of work that these individuals, I mean, just think a hundred wow. and some of them had 20, 30, 40 years, 10 mm-hmm. years, even if they only had 10 years, which that they, most of them had more than 10 years of, of work. That is thousands of years of work. And you can see it in our communities. Mm-hmm. You can see their accomplishments like you, Jasmine, and like others. And we really want to push mentorship. It's the way, you know, I was mentored as a young person. I was taught to mentor. Um, and it's really such an important to give back to our mm-hmm. communities. Those have been so for, those of us who have been so fortunate to have an education and to be able to do our work. Um, it can't, it's not as great if, if you're not bringing other people with you. Right, right, absolutely. Well, thank you guys for a hundred episodes of Healthcare Untold. Well, That's thank fun. you for helping tell thousands of years of, of incredible work by our community members. Thank you, community. And um, if anybody would like to reach out to us and contact us or give us suggestions, we'd love to hear your input. You can email us at healthcareuntold at gmail.com. You can also check us out on our social media sites and LinkedIn, all at Healthcare Untold. Healthcare Untold. Healthcare Untold. Healthcare Untold.